Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of AEW Weekly. I am your host, Miss Dynamite herself, Stephanie Chase. How are we all doing? What a dynamite we have to talk about tonight. I am so excited. Uh, yeah, I'm so excited to hear what you guys thought of tonight's Dynamite. We had a huge, huge matchup given away on TV, which was really incredible. I don't want to give away my thoughts yet, though. Um, and also my thoughts and some other stuff that happened on Dynamite. But yeah, I hope you're all doing good. I'm doing good. I'm just back in London. I was in Brighton for a couple of days. It was so nice. I was meant to be in Brighton from... Saturday to Monday and I just ended up staying because it was so much fun. It's so like absolutely wonderful there. So much better than London. So I stayed a couple of extra days. So that's why I didn't get my preview done this week because I was not at home. But yeah, I was in Brighton and I hosted Hooked on Wrestling's Royal Rumble watch party, which was absolutely like the best time. It was wonderful. And I mean, hot take, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the Royal Rumble. I really did. I saw a lot of the negativity online and I thought that was so funny. And I think it might just be because like I accept what WWE is, that it's generally just bad and predictable. So they just gave me what I thought the Rumble was going to be. I was, I, I'm pretty sure on Denise's show a couple of days before the Rumble, I predicted every match correctly. Like, yes, Brock Lesnar's winning the men's rumble. Yes, Ronda Rousey's women winning the women's rumble. So when it all happened, I was just like, cool. You know, that's just what I expected. But it was a really, really fun watch. And I got to watch it in such a great um, atmosphere as well down in Brighton. And, yeah, and then also on Saturday, I was at the Rev Pro show. And um, it was an amazing show. It was really, really great. High stakes, your call. It's up now on RPW On Demand. I recommend you guys checking that out. I was just listening to um, Wrestling Observer Radio this morning. Dave Meltzer watched the Will Ospreay, Michael Oku main event. And I highly recommend that you all check that out too over on rpwondemand.com. It's up there. It was about a 40-minute main event. Just absolutely incredible from uh, Michael and Will. And yeah, I just really am proud of Pro at the minute and everything they're doing. It's just, you're really like, you're if you're not watching it, you're sleeping on something really, really great. But shall we, let me just say hello to some people here. Really early comment in there from connecting people through wrestling. This is fun match. Uh, hi to Bebe um, and hi to Darren as well. All will be revealed, Darren, at some point. Um, let's get into Dynamite right now. As I said on Twitter, this Dynamite contained potentially my favorite match in the history of Dynamite. Now, I've watched it twice so far, including uh, watching it live. So I need to watch it more to find out if it is my favorite match in the history of Dynamite because there are some other matches um, that are up there. But I, um, you know, I really think it might be. But then this Dynamite also contained what I feel is my least favorite segment in the history of AEW Dynamite as well. So mixed bag to say the least but we started off with john moxley defeating wheeler yuda um wheeler yuda was the replacement for brian kendrick brian kendrick was initially announced for the match and then on social media throughout the day um it came out a lot of just absolutely vile things that brian kendrick had been uh spotting and tony Khan made the decision to pull kendrick from the show um, the right decision. He made it uh, really like close to the airing of Dynamite. So good for Tony for like for taking action and not you know deciding to try and ignore it or just like ride it out or whatever because the match had been booked and we were so close to showtime. No, he told uh, Brian Kendrick you know Brian Kendrick off the show. So we had Wheeler Yuta instead. Um, so this um. Wheeler Yuta came out with Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. So Danhausen, they're with the best friends. Looks like how we're going to use Danhausen. I would say that's fine if that's how you're going to present 
Dan Housen, you know, sticking with the best friends. However, I have to say, Willa Yuta needs to get out of this group, like ASAP. I think Willa Yuta has so much potential. He's a great young talent. And we'll talk about in a minute, like what other avenues there could be out there for Willa Yuta as far as like who to hang around with. But I'm just over this presenting him with um, the best friends with Orange Cassidy and, and now Dan Housen. I think that he needs to not be associated with them anymore. Anyway, um, this ended when Moxley countered a Kazdorian to sleeper and he did a ground and pound and hit the paradigm shift for the win. I thought it was a pretty good match. Um, it was nice for um, Wheel Unit to get another go against Moxley because he was previously defeated um, very fast by him. So that was cool. Then we had the big angle at the end of it. So Brian Danielson comes out and we had seen Brian Danielson the last two times that Moxley had wrestled. He'd been um, watching the matches and taking a lot of interest in them. So um, Danielson asked if the fans wanted to see them fight and all the fans were like, yay, we want to see you fight. Yes. And then um, Danielson said he'd always wanted to wrestle uh, John Moxley, but since he's come back, he's seen a new Moxley and he said that he'd watched him from where he was before and wanted to test him in the ring. He said he was the best AEW champion, uh, which is a nice little could set up something again between um, Danielson and Omega. But he said if he'd had a little support, he would still be the AEW champion. He said that's when he realized that they shouldn't be fighting each other. They should be fighting together. And the fans chanted yes for this. And Danielson said he gets why everyone loves AEW, but there's no reason some millennium car millennial cowboy should be AW champion. He said there's no good reason someone dressed as a dinosaur should be tag team champion. And there's no reason someone whose main contribution to society is a vlog should be TNT champion. He told John Moxley, we could run this place. He said they could be tag champions together. Mox could be AW champion again. Um, he suggested they take Wheeler Yuta, yes, Wheeler Yuta, um, under the ring, wing, um, maybe Lee Mor Moriarty and Daniel Garcia. He said they could train the future pro wrestling together. Um, Moxley was just listening and looking at the fans. And then um, Danielson told Moxie that like, that's a lot to put on his plate. So he doesn't have to answer right now. He just said, consider the possibilities um, and the greatness they could create and the legacy he wants to leave. He offered a handshake. Moxley didn't accept the offer, um, but he told him just to think about it. He dropped the mic and left. So I thought this was really a great segment. Um, I really did because they were teasing so heavily this uh, Brian Danielson looking at Moxley and obviously a feud between them and then for Brian Danielson to come out and instead present this offer of like we could team up it's just great and I think that they are there's going to be an eventual feud but I really feel like they have to do this team up and this little faction because they have presented such a cool idea here that like this this is what we want, isn't it? Like, imagine that, like, Brian Danielson and John Moxley having this little faction of young guys, Will Yuta getting away from Orange Cassidy and Danhausen um, and actually being presented, like, as a serious wrestler would be amazing. You've got Daniel Garcia um, in there. You've got Lee Moriarty. Like, there's so many, there's, there's so much great young talent in AEW that there's just not really, like, a bigger place for it that they just like Wheeler Yuta, Daniel Garcia, they're just guys that we see have matches and that's it because the roster is so fucking stacked because you've got these great uh, people like Danielson and Moxley and Punk on the roster. And I just think, oh, I just think it would be so cool. And I'm wondering if what should happen is Brian Danielson creates this little group by himself he goes around and recruits these guys like if i was him i'd be right there at will you know like after this match being like come on come 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 with me come with me come with me um sorry my chair is squeaking an incredible amount um and then when moxley is having matches i'd like to see like danielson kind of just walk out with his group of boys um that he's going to train to be like the best shoot fighters in the world and then eventually team up with moxley and maybe that leads to a few down the line but i just think that would be really cool i mean dan o'brien knows what it's like to have a bad um mentor <laughs> 
<laughs> talking about the Miz, of course. So it'd be really cool to see like it flip where Daniel Bryan is the guy that's like leading this like faction of young guys and kind of pa- passing down like a, a pure wrestling mindset and like, contrasting with some of the other things we see. I think it'd be great. Okay, let me see. We have wow. Board UDE630. I probably didn't get that right, but they say, Hi, Steph. I'm all up for Brian and Mox team up, as am I. Um, uh, and then he adds, Is Dan Heisen a part of chaos now that he's a part of the best friends? <laughs> I will defer to Okada on that. Um, Pal Driver Finisher uh, says, Dan Danielson faction. Cursed from Dan Housen early on, but there's room for gimmicks in my book unless it ends like Cole and Cassidy. I, I hope Dan Housen isn't placing any curses on anyone. Um, Redmond Survivor, I want to see a ride along with Sue and Dan Housen. I would actually enjoy that. Um, yes, nice idea there. Uh, ri- I always thought ride along was fantastic, fantastic. I remember once falling in love with... Um, Dallas while watching one anyway. <laughs> Janazeev says down the line, Sammy versus Brian is surely gonna happen. Um, he has been constantly ridiculing Sammy's vlog. Yes, that will be a really, really good feud. Um, Redmond Survivor adds Brian and Punk should be the eventual team up. Uh, there is a lot of love for a Sue and Danhausen ride along. Let, let's make that happen. Hello to Gregor John. Um Darren's getting ahead of himself. Um, and then uh power driver finisher. I think it's self wrestling things. So I want Jonathan Gresham to come in and invade already asking uh for a lot. Um, yeah, it'd be cool to see Jonathan um Gresham come into AEW. So anyway, I thought this was a really strong opening. Um, and you know, Dynamite now is coming on in the US after the Big Bang Theory. People fucking love the Big Bang Theory. I've never understood why, but they do. So you really want these fans to, not fans, the people who aren't like the diehard AEW fans, people who maybe aren't sure about AEW, only know WWE, these kind of casual viewers who really want them to stick around. And I think last week they did a great job opening with Sammy and Cody because like that is something that grabs you. And I think this week, um, good choice to open with Mox because he's just cool. And I know if I was a Big Bang Theory viewer who had just sat and watched, uh, you know, Sheldon for 30 minutes and I saw John Moxley on my screen, I'd be like, okay, now this is cool. Um, so strong opening. And then, you know, uh, Brian Danielson being quite a, a recognizable person there doing a promo. Very, very good. Uh, then we had um, a nice placement for the video package for CM Punk and MJF. I think they did really well with the video package because this has been a really long build to this match because the last time they were in Chicago, I was in Chicago. I was actually really sad watching this Dynamite that I wasn't there because I had been there the last time they were in this um, arena. But I was there. It was the night before Thanksgiving. That's when they did the hugely long promo. So this feud has been going on for ages. So I think they condensed it nicely into a video package um, where they kind of, you know, you got you get to cut the fat off things in a video package. Anyway, here's the moment some of you have been waiting for. We're getting to the next segment. I think that I will just give my review on this bit, like literally like line by line, because there's so much like to be said that if I read, like read out everything that was said during this and we get to the end, I'm going to forget a lot of points. But I mean, I almost wish that I didn't have to like review this because um, I usually like, I, I usually, I don't love everything on the show, but I usually don't really dislike anything. And I really, this segment like actually made me sad because I disliked it so much. It really might be my least favorite thing I've ever seen on Dynamite. Like every single episode of Dynamite. I think this might be my least favorite thing, but I want to know what you guys think of it. So let's get to it. We had Brandy Rhodes in the ring. She said she loves coming back to the city. Everyone is so nice. But it turns out she thought they were in Cleveland. (laughs) Of course, she knew they weren't in Cleveland. The fans booed. She said Cleveland and Chicago are the same thing, just snow and ice. So she'd literally got about two lines out here. Now, the, the, the heat from the crowd for Brandy here was incredible. But 
not in a good way i would say like uh, this was go away heat this wasn't the kind of heat that mjf gets um or a heel like that that this was just you know go away so she's got two lines out and already dan lambert interrupts so firstly i think dan lambert interrupted way too soon because it like where where were you standing dan that you were this ready to come out like like this ready um he must have literally just had a like a camera on brandy to see like when she actually came out because just too soon anyway i digress he had ethan page and scorpio sky with him he said uh, she should understand how bad it's for business when you start believing your own bullshit she said they might have given her a reality show but what she needs is a reality check he said she can pretend cody ernest bought in company and that chief brand officer is a real title in aw and not just something given to you to stroke your massive ego um and he said that her brandy from the block accent when she gets upset is as fake as the <laughs> as the what did he call them I've, I've written it down wrong what what he said and now i can't remember um uh, but basically talking about her boobs um uh coming out of her shirt like let's just cut here um no i will continue actually um but you can't pretend you're not going to get booed out of this ring even though you're standing next to a rich conservative sexist aw hating old man like me i almost feel like a decent human being standing next to you um this is just really really bad okay firstly yes at as as benno says who is the baby face who the fuck knows who the baby face is because we have dan lambert coming out here interrupting her and literally saying things that are making the crowd cheer for him why are the crowd cheering for dan lambert who was built up so well as a great heel when we saw him feud with the inner circle this is literally undoing all of the inner circle feud where there was so much heat on lambert now people listening to dan lambert going yeah this guy has a point and I don't know what the thinking was with this segment, whether they thought we will make Dan Lambert so horrible that Brandy will get cheered. And if that was the thinking, that's a totally total misunderstanding of how people feel about the Rhodes family right now. Because, yeah, he was just saying things that rang true. And it was just so bad. And I don't know if it's um, here or later on that he starts mentioning face and heel stuff, which I absolutely hate. But then to say that you are getting booed out of this ring, even though you're st you're standing next to a conservative, sexist, AEW hitting old man like me, that is a terrible, terrible line. Whether Brandy is meant to be the heel or the face, because to make her out like to acknowledge that people feel that strongly against her compared to like him calling himself this stuff it, that's just awful it's just really really awful I do wonder like what the thinking was backstage with this segment I wonder if this was something that to like Tony wanted to do or whether this was Brandy and Cody's idea because I just I, I just don't know I really don't know then Brandy turns on Ethan Page and says, why are you smiling? Because the only reason they hired you was to get close to Josh Alexander. That was just a weird line. Like there was no point referencing Josh Alexander from Impact who's wrestling on Impact. And I, I don't know why you would hire Ethan Page to get close to Josh Alexander. Um, you know, I'm sure Josh Alexander has a phone and that you could, um, you know, contact him without having to know Ethan Page. Um he said that she got to know Dan Lambert. He's been successful in MMA. Fans were chanting, shut the fuck up here. Um, and Brandy, I'm not sure that she really knew how to handle this. I really get the feeling that she thought that there were, once Lambert had said all this awful stuff that the fans would like turn in her favor and they absolutely didn't. And then I think that there were, um, that there was um, a moment here where she kind of almost, jumped out of character to where she just knew like I'm not going to get the reaction I want here like at all so 
Anyway, um, she said that uh, Dan Lambert's best fighter got knocked out by Jake Paul. She brought up Amanda Nunez, but said it's too soon. She said um, he should spend less, less time in AW and more time with American American top tits. Um, oh, I mean, team, same thing. Fans chanted boring. Uh, Dan Lambert said all that charm and a quick wit as well. And then he got into this terrible, like it's time the whole family goes heel stuff. The only face turn anyone will buy with her and Cody is with her, her old job, which was face down. Another like fucking awful line to give to someone who has the fans on their side. I think if you're going to say something like that awful, it has to be to someone that there is chance of the fans supporting because the fans not wanting to be on Brandy's side and leaning more on Dan's side. And this makes just the fans look awful for like um, condoning this stuff that Lambert is saying. Just bad. Then she slapped Dan Lambert. Uh, Dan Lambert said that um, she, he had a feeling she'd be in a fighting mood. He said he has a few more things to do before he goes down in a glorious fireball of cancel culture. Not a great line either. Okay. Stop. <laughs> Take a break here. Um, wow. And the other thing that I think was really bad about this segment was the placement because if you are trying to get anyone that isn't invested in AW or even wrestling to be watching this show, um, having this on so early in the night, like we were about to get like later in this match, we were going to get one of, in my opinion, the greatest um, TV wrestling matches that we have seen on AW Dynamite with CM Punk in it. Someone that more casual people are likely to have heard of and to turn people off this quickly like I don't know what the ratings are yet I would love to know the minute by minutes here because I think to me if I was watching this and I wasn't into AW I wasn't even into wrestling this would be probably the worst that I imagine wrestling is from like Attitude Era um WWE stuff um just not good then we have Paige Van Zandt coming out I have to say and Benno can back me up on this. The very first time Dan Lambert ever interacted with Cody Rhodes, I said, this will lead to Brandy versus Paige Vincent. And it looks like this is what's happening. So we had a like pull apart here that just did not look good either. Um, I am really high on Paige Vincent. And when the inner circle feud was happening, I so wanted... Paige Van Zandt to just sign with AEW. I want her to sign with AEW um, so much. And when the Inner Circle feud was happening, we had so many discussions on this show about who the Inner Circle could bring in um, to go against Paige Van Zandt so that we could actually get her involved in the match. And Brandy was not one of the options that was ever um, brought out. Like, the main one that I heard would have been Thunder Rosa, which would be amazing. And Thunder Rosa, you know, has an MMA background, even even a Ty Conte. Um, uh, like now you've got Serena Deeb in there. If Paige Van Zandt is going to do a match, whether it is a one-on-one -on -one with Brandy or a mixed tag match, if Paige Van Zandt is coming into AEW, if she, whether she's here for the short term or the long term, you want to give her the best shot possible to be good because she has amazing star quality we know how popular she, she, like she is she has everything going for her she did really well in promos during the inner circle feud as well this is not giving Paige the best chance possible and you need to give her the best chance possible to make the best first impression so Paige being pulled into this I, I'm not not happy by that either. Like, I think that's like ran over. I just really didn't like this segment. And I usually like, I like everything so much. Usually like I'm the most positive person when it comes to AW. I love dynamite always. And this just like this segment, I dislike this segment so much that it made me sad because you guys know that when I really dislike something, instead of getting angry, I just get sad. And this actually made me sad. Um, it really, really did. Um, so let me see what some of you think. Okay. Um, wow. There's a lot of comments. Okay, here we go. 
am I am I am I at the right point yet? <sighs> okay. Wasabi King says, "Can we name X Pack Heat to Brandy Heat?" I really like. I don't. I really do like Brandy a lot. <laughs> like I really do. I enjoy her um, on Roads to the Top, and I enjoy her in general. And I very much enjoy her when she's being herself. So this is not like any and she gets way too much negativity online as well i think that brandy's a very valuable player in aw especially behind the scenes i just thought this segment was really bad and i don't think this is the correct fit for her for what she should be doing on television um Jazib says, no more Dan Lambert, enough of the sexist remarks to generate heat, not in 2022. I like Dan Lambert as well. I think Dan Lambert's a fantastic talker, but I think what we saw with when Dan Lambert came in, I think like week one, week two, very good. But the novelty of Dan Lambert being an amazing talker wears off really quickly. But then you had Jericho entering that feud and then you had two great talkers together. And I think that that helped the case for Dan Lambert so much. And that turned into a really great feud. Dan Lambert needs someone great to go against and he's not in the right situation here. And the sexist remarks. Yeah. They no, no to that. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Redmond survivor. Um, all of these Lambert segments have just seemed to descend into sexist jokes. We saw with Jericho and Paige Van Zandt and now with Lambert and Brandy. Um, Darren says, Brandy or Cody, who is his strongest promo? That Cody promo two weeks ago was weird too. I Like, neither of them are technically bad promos at all. Like, Cody especially is a very good promo. And I think that Brandy is a good promo as well. They both have good um, delivery. They both have great strength in what they're saying. It's the content is terrible because I really dislike that Cody promo so much as well. That would also make my top, like, five least favorite dynamite segments the content is of their promos is terrible because they're not neither of them know who they are or or what they are doing within within aw there's just so much confusion about who they are and who they're meant to be that their promos are just these muddled messes where like i'm not saying everything has to be like heel face black and white but like there has to be something and there's just two like, there's such little direction going on here and it's really detrimental to the people they're going against too i think that scorpio sky and ethan page could be very much hurt by this i think that malachi black was hurt by um the initial stuff with cody and i think that bringing in brody for him is is going to regenerate him really well but yeah it's it's just not just not good um uh, yeah, Jonesy said it didn't make sense having her um, out there initially. Yeah, um, it, it didn't either because it, it wasn't really following on from anything because the last like Lambert and her interaction had seemed so long ago anyway. Uh, wow. Um, Wasabi, I respect the hell out of Brandy and what she's accomplished, but Brandy, I, I respect the hell out of Brandy Runnels and what she's accomplished, but Brandy Rhodes is channel changing heat. Uh, Beto asks, who is the baby face? Um, pal driver finisher says dad practically carried Brandy through though, even though he sounded scripted, I'm pretty, I'm probably the only one that doesn't mind Dan. Brandy can't control the crowd to save her life. Heel versus heel. Uh, I mean, you're not the only one that doesn't mind Dan. I don't mind Dan if he's used properly. Um, let me see. Uh, the Redmond survivor. Shirley, Tony can't think this is good. Um, Abinav says, Brandy is useless right now. AEW already has a talent problem because there's too much. What is the need for Brandy to be on TV other than to boost her ego? Um, Wasabi, this segment was an attempt at making fun of the social media fans. I mean, if it if it was, it was executed badly. Um, Paige Van Zandt is a nat natural, says Craig. Yep, like no no problem at all with Paige Van Zandt being in AEW or, or doing a match. Like, I just she needs the best shot at having a great match. And you know what? Like this happening um, a couple of days after Rhonda comes back, she will be compared to Rhonda. Of course she'll be compared to Rhonda. So like, let's give her a really good chance here because I think that Paige Van Zandt has, um, to me, a lot more upside than Rhonda. Like she's not coming in with as big a name as Ronda Rousey, but I think the 
personality of the two of them. I know who I'd rather hang out with, but anyway, <laughs> Redmond Survivor. Uh, one thing is I'm glad Paige is back in AEW. I thought all of the MMA people seemed to fit into pro wrestling best. Uh, oh, yeah, she seemed to fit in pro wrestling be um, best, but I wish she was going to wrestle anyone other than Brandy. Um, my God, so, so many um, comments here. I'm going to just pick out some more of uh, the best ones. And remember, if you are watching the stream and you want to ensure you get comment read out and support the show, you can send a super chat over on YouTube. Um, we have a debate here about TV time going on. <laughs> um, mm -mm. Uh, Paige needs to st stomp Brandy in a squash, but I doubt that will happen. Uh, yes. Um, Banner says... Can't confirm whether or not Stephanie is secretly booking AEW. <laughs> I mean, sadly, I, I, I'm not. <laughs> um, Ishok says Brian is going to do a better version of what Lambert does. Um, yeah, probably because it's going to be more like better in the context of AEW and wrestling. Um, Abhinav says uh, Paige is someone like Ruby Soho would be a great showcase for her because she's a good wrestler who can take a loss because she isn't doing stuff right now. Um, uh, Ibby says, I enjoy Bandy, but these last couple of promos from her and Cody have been so weird. Why so much meta? I know I hate meta. Fourth wall breaking lines full of insider terms. I don't like that either. Um, and I don't like Dan Lambert. Very uh, one tone mic work. Um, mm -mm 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 -mm. Yeah, I, I see a lot of people talking about like insider terms. I hate the use of insider terms. I hate the fourth wall breaking. I hate the meta stuff. Um, I really, really don't like that uh, at all. Okay. I think we're done with that segment. I really do. Um, yeah, I didn't like it. Wow. We spent way too long on that. <laughs> but there you go. We'll see where that one goes. Anyway, next up we had the Kings of the Black Throne, Malachi Black and Brody King, defeating Death Triangle, Pac and Penta um, with Alex Abriantes, Kings of the Black Throne, loving the entrance. Now we know that I was um, on the fence about Malachi Black, uh, but then he won me over and he keeps winning me over with this stuff. Like he's giving me what I want, which is some goth realness um, in my wrestling. Goth realness, love it. No magic. Thank you. We'll see what happens with the mist. Um, at the beginning, Pac was blindfolded. He was doing a great tribute to Duncan from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves with Kevin Costner and Alan Rickman. I thought that was uh, pretty funny. Um, but he could still wrestle blindfolded. He used his sixth sense to avoid a strike, and then he followed it up with a trip and a running drop kick before tearing off the blindfold. Um, not as good a reveal as when Moxley took that eye patch off during the Jericho match. It's still one of my favorite uh, moments. Anyway, how this match ended was when Penta took out King with a plancha and a step-up flip dive, and then he and Pac both landed thrust kicks on Black. They wanted the Fear Factor stomp combo, but King pushed Pac off the top. Black used the Black Mist, and the Kings hit Dante's Inferno for the win. Dante's Inferno is a great name. Um, no Julia Hart. That was just sad. No Julia Hart. Julia Blackheart, Dark Julia Hart. We have faith it's coming. Um, then we had Adam Cole backstage. He said he's still undefeated. The Orange Cassidy match doesn't count. He doesn't get the respect he deserves on Rampage. He will face Evil Uno. And after that, the world will know what Cole wants. I do think that Adam Cole will be the challenger for Hangman at Revolution. I really think that's what's going to happen. And I think that's pretty good. Um, Cole and his association with the Elite, um, makes it where you can work something in with Hangman and Hangman's history with Omega. And I would actually like, if Kenny is ready, I think he could make a really good return at the end of this match. And instead of going after um, Hangman, which might seem like the obvious choice, he like swerves and go after goes after Cole after Hangman um, beats Cole. And then we set up like elite kind of versus... Um, Red Dragon, something like that. I think that would be cool. Uh, next, Nyla Rose defeated Ruby Soho. This match went through a commercial. Um, 
there was a spot here where um, Ruby picked up Nyla in a fireman's carry, then dropped her in the apron. I just thought that looked like a really nasty fall for Nyla. I really like Nyla Rose so much, and I want her to get so much more TV time. And I really hope this is the beginning of heating Nyla up to be um, a, potentially a challenger for Brit, uh, who was not on this show. Um, so Soho, she hit the no feature, but Vicky pulled Rose's leg under the ropes to break the cover. Um, and then Soho went after Vicky Guerrero, which allowed Rose to hit a backbreaker. Soho went for a top rope Hurricane Rana, but Rose caught it. She completely missed a kick. And then Rose landed a senton bomb, followed by the beast bomb for the win. I thought this match was um, absolutely fine, but I'm definitely going to be keeping um, an eye on what they do with, with Nyla Rose because... I think that she she deserves a lot more because Nyla, I think she's very, very good. Um, she's a unique uh, wrestler as far as her moveset goes within AEW. And also like she's so such a great talker and so great on, on social media and stuff. She's got so much personality that I think it's just waiting to come out. And I would like to see... Um, her move away from from Vicky because I just don't think I've never been a fan of that presentation and I don't think it's needed with someone as talented uh, as Nyla. Uh, let me see what you guys think of this. Um, okay, Redmond says I think Nyla has given Ruby her best matches in AEW. I think this will lead to Nyla versus Jade as Britt has already beaten Nyla in her first title defense. Nyla versus Jade I think would be a good match. Um, Earshock says Nyla hitting the senton was a surprise. Nyla is fun on Twitter. Also, Ruby should not be an afterthought either. Um, I don't think Ruby in AEW has been what we expected and I'm not sure like who's you know, fault that is, but I think it's definitely not been this kind of jolt to the women's division that we expected it to be. Um, Ibby says, Nyla has great chemistry with almost everyone. Great match. I think Ruby should have a different finisher. Yes, she should. Um, uh, 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 where are Rebel and Jimmy Hitter? Indeed. Um, Ibby, Vicky with Nyla has actually led to her get less and less time in the mic. They should really let her personality shine and roll with it. They absolutely should. They should really let Nyla just go out there, do her own promos, um, and just kind of be herself or like channel that great personality that she has um, and how quick-witted she, she is. Like channel all that into a really great, unique heel character there's just no need for vicky to be with her like really um uh okay next up we had the gun club just assaulting jungle boy backstage and they pushed him outside into the snow luchasaurus and christian cage ran out and chased him off this was very sad per jungle boy i hate being cold i felt really really sorry for him luchasaurus running out there without a shirt as well just a lot of near hypothermia happening um, in this match. The weather in Chicago was a, apparently insane. And having been in Chicago a couple months ago, I was so cold in Chicago. I, hadn't, I, I did not think it would be as cold as... I can't even imagine how cold it was been last night. Next, we had Hangman Page coming out. Well, introduced by Tony Schiavone. Um, he was asked about his upcoming Texas death match with Lance Archer. That will be next week. Page said he needs something, anything, and he needs it tonight. He challenged Archer to come out. And then we got the second appearance of Dan Lambert. But unlike the first time, he was actually being used properly because he was coming out as a heel with a heel against a really sympathetic baby face. So this, if you're going to use Dan Lambert, this is how he should be used. Someone that people love, like how he was used with uh, Jericho in the Inner Circle, and now here with Hangman Page, let him go after someone that people actually love. Because it's like, now when he comes out against Hangman Page, everyone's like, oh yeah, he is an asshole. It's like, yes, and he should always be presented as an asshole that you would never think of cheering. Then we had Jake Roberts there. This was a little bit weird. Like Jake Roberts, you could not make out what he was saying very well on TV at all. Um, so this is just an odd presentation um, because we have Lance 
now with Lambert, but then they're still giving Jake something to do, but that just did not fit here. Um, and then Archer said, let's do this. Uh, Paige hit a top of Suicida, sent Archer into the stairs. Lambert tried to hit Paige with a chair, but Paige had that scouted. The distraction allowed Archer to hit Paige with a chair and chokes on onto the steps. Um, the... Then the blackout through a timekeeper's table followed. Archer said he'd be the new AW world champion. He doesn't give a damn what anybody thinks. Um, I think that this was fine. I think obviously like we all know that Lance Archer's not going to win and he has no chance of winning. Um, at first I was like, okay, why are you wasting a Texas death match on a feud that isn't really like a feud like that has no real like heat to it just because like the outcome seems so inevitable unless they're going to do like this swerve of all swerves and have um you know Lance Archer be the new champion which isn't you know not going to happen so I was like that's a bit of a waste of a Texas death match in the way that I do think that that the, the Orange Cassidy Adam Cole thing was a bit of a waste of that stipulation but I know that the Texas death match is the speciality of one Lance Archer so now I actually just think go for it boys have your Texas death match it might not make sense as far as like the hatred you, you would have for each other because I I'm not buying that like there's this great you know rivalry between them but since it's a match where like the finish seems inevitable there's not that much heat behind it you might as well go out there and have a fun gimmick match so yay to the texas death match i'll be excited for that next week let me see what some of you guys are saying um um Jake doesn't seem like that type to hang out with Lambert, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Luch, so, uh, let me see. Uh, when with Survivor, I don't like Texas Deathmatch rules with the pinfalls being followed by a 10 count. Um, Ibi says, Hangman promos I love because he talks in such a different manner to everyone else. The match itself will be great stuff. I like different types of opponents Hangman's getting. Um uh yes it is in atlantic city um uh true it's a death match so maybe build some hype either way we're gonna bury it if it sucks uh let me see mm -mm -mm. right so moving on next we had chris jericho backstage and he addressed santana and ortiz after what they did last week when they did not tag him into the match and then he um ended up like making sure that they won the match so he said that them ignoring him during the match last week was embarrassing and disrespectful he doesn't get their relationship with eddie kingston like i know you've known this guy a long time but why are you listening to him and not me um it's basically what he said and he wants to hear an explanation from their mouth so he demanded an inner circle team meeting next week and he said attendance is um mandatory and yeah he also called himself an influencer uh, here referencing kylie jenner um uh, first uh kylie jenner reference on aw television i think um this, I'm not sure about this. We'll see what happens next week with this meeting. Um, last week, I spent way too much time talking about what I wanted to see happen with the inner circle breakup. And I really want their breakup to be handled well, if in fact they are breaking up, because of course we don't know. Um, I really want to see it be handled well, and I want it to be a really good story that is like worthy of how long we've had the inner circle and how great personally I think the inner circle have been I thought that maybe he was a bit too angry um in this promo because last week we talked about who is the face and who's uh the heel when it comes to Santana Ortiz and Jericho and I really think that like neither of them had actually um really done anything wrong because I don't think he was intentionally holding back Santana Ortiz and, and I also don't think that um I think that Santana and Ortiz are within their right to feel like they're being held back um and then of course we had like what happened um last week with with the match and they were being dicks by not tagging him in but then 
he was kind of being a dick by, um, you know, interfering like that and, you know, being like, oh, you won because of me. Um, but yes, mandatory attendance at meetings, slightly heelish, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we'll see what they do. Look, as I told you, the way I want the inner circle to end, and I'm going to say it every week till it happens, is I think they do a feud, things get heated, but in the end, they realize that they had a great run and they ended all as friends. That's what I think should happen. And it has to end with them all taking the vests off and leaving them in the ring. Not in Aaron, Aaron Anderson's uh, fire drum, but just leaving them in the ring and saying like, we had a good one, guys. We we were great. Steph Chase thought we were the greatest faction ever. It's all been cool. Like, let's leave as friends. That's what I would like to see happen with the ending. We'll see about this. Um, I also was disappointed that it was just called an inner circle team meeting because um, we, we've had so many different names for these kind of segments. Town Hall, Parlay. Could have thought of something different uh, for, for this one. Anyway. What do you guys think? Uh, Pal Driver Finisher likes my dear. Yes. Um, baby, <laughs> off topic. I wonder if Stephanie ever wears a t-shirt and jeans. She always looks fancy. Very rarely do I wear a t-shirt and jeans, baby. And it's certainly not when uh, anyone could see me. <laughs> um, uh, let me see. Uh, uh, I think it would be funny if only Hager turned up to the meeting. <laughs> we will get to see Jake Hager uh, next week. The one if Jake Hager just stayed at home and then like that th this swerve of all swerves is that like this whole thing is actually about Jake Hager. Like he's he becomes like the main part of the storyline. Um, Ibby says Sammy won the title again. He's been pulled straight back into inner circle meetings. Okay, for, for Sammy, because that is an issue. And I want this title one for Sammy to be the best thing ever. And I want him to not be put into inner circle things. I literally think at this meeting, he should say, look, love you guys, but I'm the TNT champion. And I need to focus on that and just exit the meeting early. And I think that that could then spark a conversation where Santana and Ortiz say to Jericho like look Sammy's been focusing on himself look at like the success that he's had that's what we want to do that type of thing um but yeah let's not have uh Sammy um you know what I hope Jake Hager reads a poem remember when he read a poem once <laughs> the inner circle was just in Hager's imagination all along <laughs> what's that um tv show that ended like that where it was just in someone's imagination oh it will come to me but that is that would be a great ending that would be a great ending um i've always thought like wouldn't it be funny if just like in like a year's time like i mean this would be awful but if aw just ended it turns out that it was always just meant to be a limited series and it was never meant to be like something that goes on forever see it elsewhere yes Seeing elsewhere, indeed. Anyway, oh my God, I've only got like not very long left here and I have to get to the main event. <sighs> okay, here we go. These boys came out early with like 45 minutes left in the show. I was not ready for it, but then when it happened, I was like, yes, give it to me. Go, go as long as you want. Go as long as you want. Um, okay, so there were 40 minutes left in the mat in on dynamite when the bell rang let's try and get through this match and maybe if you've got like co comments on the match kind of save them till i finish going through it because i feel like there might be a lot and then i don't want to miss anyone's comments okay first off mjf was being a dick trying to get the first shot but punk came back with lots of chops and kicks then he tangled mjf in the ropes with more strikes he fought on the floor he got into the audience and sam punk just followed him up um, and was beating him in the audience. This was very cool in like a, a good attitude era way, not in a bad attitude era way. He then dragged MJF back to the ring, continued to beat him down. Commercial break. 
once back. We had Punk starting his comeback, his strikes, his swinging netbreaker. He followed that up with a corner knee into a running bulldog. I know better pop for that. Um, he called for the GTS. MJF rolled out into the apron where Punk slammed him. Punk let a fan chop him. MJF climbed over the ropes, but he... Um, but MJF tripped him up and hit a top rope takeover for two. MJF stopped his offense by pulling the official in the way with the referee's back turned. He used tape to choke punt and then um, hit it with a sleeper hold. And then MJF locked on the body scissors and punk faded, leading to a stoppage, referee stoppage at the 15-minute mark. MJF is the winner of the match. Wow. Okay. When this finish happened, I was like, I actually bought it. And I know that this is a callback to um, CM Punk, uh, previous CM Punk match. And now I've just forgotten what one, um, a Ring of Honor match. But I do think that maybe the unfortunate thing there is if Punk had been planning or if Punk had come up with the idea to do that callback, um, I know Benna will help me with the name of that callback. It's kind of unfortunate that we had the false finish in the MJF and Jericho match. Um, because it felt like MJF repeating the same thing like twice in two big matches, though this was way more believable than in, in the Jericho one. However, I loved this, like absolutely. Jimmy Rave, yes, calling back to CM Punk and Jimmy Rave. Um, but yeah, so it's very cool to see CM Punk calling back to these old matches and his old feuds, and he's really rewarding longtime fans, people that have stuck with him through everything. But yeah, I think the only like little wrinkle there was that MJF had done a similar thing um, with Jericho. But anyway, I really did buy into this. I did buy into this. And then I thought, like, there's so much time left on the show that we're going to get, like, a big angle. We might get something with Wardlow, whatever, something to set up the next match. But, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. So after this, then, uh, MJF celebrated. And then the tape fell out from under his arm. And the match was restarted. So Punk immediately rolled up MJF. Really good near fall. Commercial. A bit after the commercial. MJF locked on an arm trap death lock. He got Punk had an injured arm and a leg at this point. The commentators were selling that he was like wrestling with half a body. And then Punk turned into an SDF, but he couldn't hold on to his grip. And then he got MJF in a fireman's carry, but his knees gave out. So Punk was really selling injuries really, really well here. Like, um, I think what's really interesting is like MJF as a character, he's like such a dick and everything. But even with that little bit they showed you at the start of Dynamite, like he was like training for punk like he he knew he was gonna have to properly try and art wrestle CM Punk and I just think that was a really good like addition to um MJF's character it's like an unspoken thing that he brings out he's he's like such a dick and he's like such a, a promo and an antagonist and a fucking cheater but then like when you saw him against like Darby Allen it's like you can imagine like this character he he talks the talk but he does make sure to like train for his opponents so he can back it up so he's not just being a chicken shit like that that is my read on the mjf character at least okay and then um mjf rolled him up for two cut they traded cradles and strikes then punk hit a reverse hurricane water it was fucking insane he landed bad it was crazy i jumped out of my chair and then um both men were down for a long time and then mjf chop blocked punk's knee repeatedly Punk fought out of Salt of the Earth um, attempt, but MJF hit a pub handle slam for two. And then um, he hit him in the dick. Yeah, low blow when the referee wasn't uh, looking. So then we got the third commercial break of the match. Then once they came back, both men were on the top rope. Punk hit a Pepsi plunge from the top. Oh, my God. So I was watching this with Benno. Um, Benno nearly went through the roof of my house when this happened. So if you think this wasn't a big deal, Benno literally nearly jumped through my ceiling when this happened. I feared, fe I feared for <laughs> the structure of my apartment. Um, this was so, so cool. As I said on Twitter, like we're always talking about punk and the Pepsi plunge. We're always talking about, like, is he ever going to hit a Pepsi plunge? It's been, like, 17 years since he hit one. And he brings it out for MJF. And I, like, congratulations, MJF. Like, you, you have to, MJF, he keeps his character so well that you actually, like, forget that he is a real person. And that real person 
Maxwell, real, real Maxwell, even though he'll never admit it. He has been a CM Punk fan for so long. He knows about that Pepsi punch and he ends up being the guy that Punk did it with for the first time in nearly two decades. That is amazing. And he must be so happy. He must be delighted. So that was so cool to see. I'm so glad that, that Punk has something in his arsenal that he has held back on for that long that it can mean that much. And I thought that was an amazing endorsement of MJF and how Punk must actually feel about MJF um, letting him uh, letting him be the one that, that took that. Anyway, could not follow up. Both men went for Tombstone Paladivers for a punk land and roundhouse kick, followed by top rope elbow dra a drop for a good near fall. He called for the end GTS. Punk fell out of the ring. Wardlow came on the ramp. Ramp. Wardlow looked awesome. Now, Wardlow, the turn is coming one day, we promise you. But it seemed like they were kind of ramping up in recent weeks. Wardlow, the potential of Wardlow turning, he seemed to be less in to MJF and exasperated by him. He had been destroying guys in the ring. So here he comes. He is face to face with CM Punk and he steps over MJF's lifeless body. Um, and then he ends up backing off. So we're like, okay, Wardlow did not do anything. Interesting. Then Punk rolled MJF into the ring. Um, and then he exchanged words, words with Wardlow. The official's back was turned. And then MJF hit Punk with the dynamite diamond ring for the win. It's like, wh where did that come from? Did he have it down his pants? No, because they showed a replay afterwards where we saw that when Wardlow stepped over MJF, he put his hand behind his back and MJF took the ring out of his hand. Yes, Wardlow secretly passed the ring to MJF. And MJF also handed the ring back to Wardlow um, before he celebrated by doing a cross-legged position as the show ended. What an amazing ending I thought that was. I thought that was so clever to do something that the cameras didn't pick up initially and then go back to it. I thought it was great. I still think that what Wardlow, he did seem like conflicted. The turn is still coming, but I think good for them for not doing it now when we were all expecting it. Like continue to hold that off because this story between Punk and NJF is so intense. That I think Wardlow needs his own spotlight. Though I would not be surprised if Revolution is a rematch between Punk and Wardlow rather than Punk and NJF. So what did you guys think of the match? Um, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, Punk. Punk versus MJF, freaking ruled heartbreaking loss from Punk in Chicago, said Ace Shock. Um, uh, 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 Pile Driver says, I knew they were going to restart because there was 20 minutes left, but the match continued and enjoyed MJF winning. I was in team for someone who doesn't watch pay-per-views but anticipate them. Um, also, looked like he was on... He was on the cover after the win, like someone was saying something, whether it was CM Punk or MJF. Wardlow was visibly distraught after helping MJF. Um, Kulor says, I love the camera tricks. Did not see Wardlow hand the diamond ring uh, to MJF until the replay after. Yep, yeah, it was so well done. Uh, Redmond Survivors is selling from both guys. It's amazing. Yeah, I think this match like completely exceeded my expectations. I didn't expect them to go as long as they did. And they really used every minute that they had they told such a great story whether it be um, with the way it was laid out with um the the moves with their facial expressions everything they just they did this so so perfectly the it was laid out so well um and i loved it i i loved it i think it's really hard it's CM Punk's best television match since he's come back for sure. But I did pick Punk Kingston as my match of 2021. And they're so different, like especially in length. Um, they're so different. But it's going to be really hard for me to pick between those two matches as far as what's my favorite Punk um, match so far in AEW. MJF did another great performance. Like sometimes I am I am not the highest person on MJF as a promo. I think that MJF has 
the greatest de promo delivery of anyone I've ever seen, literally in the history of wrestling. I think that no one delivers promos with more confidence than MJF. Um, it's incredible. And I think he would be great in any form of entertainment just for how well he can deliver it. Whether he wanted to be like a freaking talk show host or an actor or whatever, he just, his delivery and his confidence. I, I would I would say if you don't believe me, put an MJF promo up against a promo of any other promo great in wrestling, and the confidence in the delivery that MJF does is better than legends of this business. He never freaking stumbles or anything. It's amazing. However, his content I think is not the best sometimes, but I'm willing to overlook that because delivery is so fucking hot. Anyway, MJF is a completely underrated wrestler. MJF has never delivered a bad match so far in AEW, especially when it's a big match. His match against Jungle Boy, his match against Darby Allen at full gear, his um match with Jericho, and then now this. Like we need to start like we can stop talking about MJF as a great promo, even though he is. I like start talking about him as such a great wrestler. He's an absolute future um top top guy in this company. So I really want to give props to MJF for how great this match was. Um him and Punk worked so well together. I hope MJF went home and cried in front of his young child picture with CM Punk and how happy he was because that's what I would do. Dreams do come true. You can you can queue for someone in a meet and greet one day and then years later you can be hitting them in the dick on TV and then beating them. Um, you know, it's just amazing where life can take you. Never give up, guys. Manifest. You know, I'm sure he slept with that photo of, uh, of Punk under his pillow at night. That's what I would have done. Um, but yeah, it's just incredible match. Um, and thank you to Bebe for his super chat. I just want to say thank you for your show. You make me feel a part of the show. I watch also a lot of YouTube wrestling shows, but yours is special. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, that's so lovely. Thank you for the super chat. I do try and I, what I love about doing this show is the fact that I get to include all of you and you all have such great comments for me and we can have a little chat and a little debate on what we thought about Dynamite. Let's see the card for Rampage. Adam Cole, no spoilers. Um, if you know, um, if you know who wins these matches, please don't spoil. Um, Adam Cole versus Evil Uno. Ricky Starks versus Jay Lethal. Um, let's go, Ricky. Uh, Thunder Rosa versus Mercedes Martinez, and Sammy Guevara versus Isaiah Casti. I'll be really interested in what the crowd reaction is, especially for the first match on Rampage, because that that crowd must have been like. Not just deflated, but spent after that main event. Like, this was not the dynamite to tape a rampage after. Like, when when you're doing a main event like that, it's just really, like, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, a uh, dynamite lineup so far. We have the mandatory inner circle team meeting. And we have Hangman Page versus Lance Archer in a Texas death match. So, that's only one match and one segment announced for dynamite so far. Oh, another super chat. Oh, my God. Thank you, guys. Uh, from Ibby, he says, what would be your best AW match of the year so far? For me, Hangman versus Brian takes a kick with this match of the second. Great stream, Steph. Thank you. I enjoyed this more than Hangman versus Brian. So I am giving this my AEW match of the year so far. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think absolutely. Um, Hangman Brian, yeah, that was awesome. But this was just, there was so, like this match had Easter eggs in it and all this sort of stuff. I mean, I feel like I'm going to go back and watch Punk and, and, and Jimmy Rave to like look at that and see like what they were pulling from that. And um. I don't know, maybe it's just like I'm such a, a CM Punk mark, like this had all that stuff like make you happy. Um, I mean, it was like half put together by a CM Punk mark in MJF, so like maybe that's why, but it was just wonderful. And a big hello to Matthew McCoskey. Matthew, I was wondering what happened to you. You're awake. Oh my gosh, back, back for the first time in 2022 on the stream. Hello to Matthew. We have missed you. Um, that's all for me, folks. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, I went over an hour. Um, yeah, I will be back on Tuesday previewing Dynamite. Hopefully, they will have inter, inter, uh, 
hopefully they will have announced more stuff uh, than just this death match and a team meeting because I really will have to stretch out a video on that though I'm sure I could do a full hour on the inner circle anyway <laughs> and I will be back next Thursday um with this show where we will talk about that dynamite and everything else that has happened in AEW. But until then, thank you guys so much uh, for your comments, your super chats, everything. It's been great to hang out with you. Don't forget, if you're not subscribed here, please subscribe. Um, yeah, it helps me so much. I'm a completely independent content creator. So any support uh, that you can give me is super, super appreciated. Also, go follow me on Twitter at Stephanie M. Chase. Follow me on Instagram at Stephanie M. Chase as well. And, you know, spread the word, share this video. And I will see you guys next week. Bye-bye.